0: cover us and shelter us, in the warmth and the protection of your wings, in the sacred part of our hearts and our spirit, Lord, may we know that you are near and close, in the magnitude of your holiness, but in the tenderness of your love, surround us in an ocean of grace, Refine as fire. Holy Spirit, move this morning. As we centre our hearts and our minds on the things of the Spirit, move, we pray. We have empty hearts for you to fill them. Surrendered. We kneel and we bow before you, our God, for we are in the presence of your holiness and you are worthy of our worship. Be glorified, our God. And all of God's people said, Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. So good to see you. One of the great things about church is just seeing everyone, right? We come together and we get to catch up and be together. And, you know, we are God's people built for community. And if you're online come and visit here on site. We can get to be together. Well, friends, we are in Romans chapter 8. We're about four-fifths of the way through our series, and Roman, there's only 16 chapters in uh, Romans, but we're at Romans 8, and what we're doing, it felt like we've been kind of moving fairly quickly. Now we're just going to slow it down because there's so much rich content that we are to engage with, and today you are going to get A full diet, okay? You're going to be able to feast and if you can keep up, I'm just going to be pouring content into you. Is that okay? And what we have here in Romans 8 is for many people some of their most favourite verses in the Scriptures and uh, it is just so rich in what it brings us. What we've had up to this point is Paul, as he expounds this life in Christ, He talks about how we deal with sin. He talks about God's judgment, his wrath. He talks about how he is conflicted in doing the things that he doesn't want to do and not doing the things that he does want to do. And then he says, how wretched I am in my human nature and yet through the work of Jesus I am saved, I am justified and he gives praise to God in that way. He finishes that off in Romans chapter 7, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord and he gives thanks to God. He's kind of worked this all to this point of salvation and now he's got this new life in Christ and this is the beautiful thing is he just says it doesn't stop there. There's so much more. When I think about there's so much more, I notice that they are closing down the smorgasbord at Buckingham Arms. No kidding, I wept. <laughs> I can remember taking our kids the first time there was a family gathering and the grandparents said, hey, we know we're going to delight the kids here. We'll go to the smorgasbord at the Buckingham Arms. So there we all were and the kids got their seat and they said, well, where's the food? I said, over in that corner. And they said, well, there's a the savoury. I said, you can do that. I said, just be careful. Don't eat too much savoury. Why is that, Dad? Because there's dessert. And uh, what's the dessert? I said, you see that machine there with the handle? <laughs> That's soft serve. And that handle is for you to operate. They're used to those. That was Back then it was like 30-cent cones. You only get one of them. That's how cheap we are. <laughs> but no, here we are at the Buckingham Arms. So just be careful on the savoury. So they didn't eat much savoury. I said, well, you can go get a bowl and you can get some of that ice cream. And off they went. And they came back and they said, That was great ice cream. I said, Guess what? There's more. I said, What? I said, You can go back there, get another bowl. Don't even use the one you've got. Go back there, fill it up again. And if you look around the corner, there's donuts to go with it. Four bowls later, kids are sitting there. I said, Guess what, kids? If you want it, there's more. Now, this is not a message on parenting. there's more, there's more. This is exactly what Paul is saying to us in the Christian life. Friends, you've been saved, you know Jesus Christ, you've been justified, forgiven and guess what? There's more, there is life in the Spirit and so he there comes and in Romans chapter 8 we unpack all the riches that come of a life in the Spirit, the more to this Christian life. So I encourage you to read along with me. If you've got you on your phone or a paper Bible, I'm reading from the ESV version, English Standard Version, Romans chapter eight, one through to 17. Life in the spirit. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Oh, the riches contained here in these verses of the life in the Spirit. Paul understands it's like he can't, can't get it out quick enough. But what the Spirit does to this life which has been redeemed by Jesus And now opens up to this new work of what God is doing with him as he sees the Spirit and feels the Spirit and experiences the Spirit and tries to get words around what the Holy Spirit does within his life. And he says right up here, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free. He understands that this beautiful work of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is that we would know that we are not condemned And when you know you're not condemned, you can live free. For those who feel like they are condemned, feel that they are captive. But if you truly realise the work that God has done through Jesus Christ, the great love that He has for us, that we have been saved and we now no longer live under condemnation, the great result of that is freedom in Him. Praise be to God, because I know that every one of us And myself, we hold freedom as one of the highest values in our lives. And here we get the picture of what true freedom looks like. Free in the spirit, not condemned, not held captive, not under oppression, but set free. Now, Paul knows all kinds of calamities in life and yet he knows that freedom within his spirit is an internal work. Regardless of the circumstances, he can be free and free of the law of sin and death. Praise be to God. And Paul understands that this law which things get measured against is so different and the flesh which he mentions it is really about us seeking to not live in the will of God. The flesh is living outside the will of God. Living by the Spirit is saying, I'm going to let the Spirit lead me to live within the Spirit of God, in the God's will. And the law, he says, that will teach you things, but the Spirit, that will empower you for life. And this freedom leads us to a place where their walk is enlivened. If we see here, as we get into the Scripture here in verse 4, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. What he's saying here is that you've been called to live according to God's will and His ways and that is the great adventure of faith. If you choose to live according to the flesh, that is you just chasing your own desires outside of God's will and yet you've been set free to live and walk in this way. And what the Holy Spirit does is it enlivens the faith that we have and the life that we have. When Rach and I go for a walk, about three times a week, maybe twice. Well, once we walked and... <laughs> I am kidding with you. But we like to head out and we've got a few routes. We turn right, we go up Grand Junction Road and then we'll head down to Smart Road and we we'll do a blocky like that. Or we'll head out and we'll head straight up, you know, towards Newman's, uh, up into Anstey's. If we're feeling good, we'll do the Torture Hill track If we won't, we'll send the kids and we have this walk. Now, I compare walking outside to doing a walk on a treadmill. You ever done that? You get on there and you just, it's constant and it's just, away it goes. Now, some people are quite good at that. For me, it's like, this is the most boring thing in my whole life. Please put massive big screens in front of this treadmill so at least something is happening. I think what Paul is doing, he's saying, you know, you can actually live your Christian life, but it's like you're walking on a treadmill. Set the same pace. Nothing ever happens. You're looking at a wall. You know you're doing the right thing. You're not coming alive. Or you could head out there and go for a walk and you're out on the road and one of your church members honks their horn at you. Or you're heading up the track and a snake goes across or you're walking along and the kids are just orbiting you as you go around. He says, you can live a lot more enlivened life. And it's easy for us in our Christian walk to get it just as a treadmill with the drudgery, whereas the Holy Spirit's, I'm going to enliven your walk with God. It's about letting all the senses to come alive, the spirit, the practical, the mind, all enliven to what God is doing. There's a few ways in which we can enliven our walk with God and what the Holy Spirit does. Firstly, it brings revelation. The Word of God is enlivened by the Holy Spirit. It's revelation comes and it speaks to us. It brings meaning to our lives, it shapes us, it forms us, and that the Holy Spirit does that work. And it can be through your devotional life, but it also be through the community of God's people as it is witness to. Into our lives. I had this week, this last week just gone, where I felt like I was working real hard but not really getting anywhere. You ever done that? It kind of feels like it's your life. You're kind of just grinding away. And I, but I had a sense that it was important, but I couldn't see where the importance was. And so I was sharing it with our team, which were getting ready for youth on Friday night. I said, I said How was your week? I said, You know what? I'm trying to still put it into context. I've been working hard but I'm just kind of unsure about where it's all going to land. And one of them says, you know what, Kynan? It sounds like Galatians 4.9. I'm thinking as if they just kind of pulled that out like that. And he goes, look, I'll go find it. And he comes back, sorry, I was two chapters out. (laughs) Galatians 6.9. I said, "Oh, what's that? He says this. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. I thought, that person, the Holy Spirit used to bring revelation of God's word directly into my life. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, the Holy Spirit brings us conviction. Conviction for very good things and warnings to be very careful And it enlivens our walk because we tune in to the whispers and the prompts of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we get a conviction of this is something which I just have to step into. It's an act of obedience. You can feel the Holy Spirit kind of pushing you along. And sometimes it's a warning. And you go, you know what, I better just listen to this. Just don't do that. Just be careful of going down that path. And it's a whisper and you go, whew, there's something there. And it protects your walk as well. And thirdly, inspiration. it enlivens your walk because it inspires you as we read the scriptures we see how mighty God is and what His works is. As we see God's work around us it inspires us to live for him. So it enlivens us. It lifts us and it leads us. It's what the Holy Spirit does to our walk. And then Paul goes on he says if the Holy Spirit does this it then He encourages us to set our mind on the things of the Spirit. We have a look at this from verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit is a person, part of the Godhead. And when we think about the person of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit works on us and in us. Now, this is what happens here, is this is a deep focus. It's a mental thought about thinking on the Spirit. It can sometimes happen in Christian world that people say, I don't feel the Holy Spirit. God's not working because I don't feel it. It's not, I don't get that. But here Paul is saying, saying, it is a feeling, it's an experience, but when you focus on The Holy Spirit with your mind is more than that. So what is it that we focus on in the Holy Spirit when we think on these things? Three things all start with P. That's amazing. The person of the Holy Spirit is personal. In fact, the scripture says that the Holy Spirit walks with us as a comforter, a helper, an advocate, intercedes on our behalf, very personal. Secondly, we think about his promises that the Spirit Brings is promise to us, promises to be with us. It's a promise that will guide us. It's a promise that we'll be his witnesses. And then thirdly, when we think about the Spirit, we think about His power. The power of the Holy Spirit to transform, to shape, to form our character, to release gifts for ministry. It's the power. So when we think about the Holy Spirit, think about a person. Power, and think about his promises, his promises to us on which we stand. So Paul, as he unfolds this deep thinking about the work of the Spirit, as he opens this up, he says, wow, this is just so rich for us. And to think that the Spirit of Christ dwells within you. Verse 9, you, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit, If in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. The Holy Spirit is an external force out there. It's something where, okay, we can just observe it there. Hear this invitation to know the Holy Spirit is something which dwells deep within your heart, deep within your spirit. A dwelling within you. The Holy Spirit is always about an internal work of shaping us. And here the reminder is that when you have a deep sense of the dwelling of Christ within you, that you have a deep sense that you're connected to God and to his people and who you belong to. You can just sense, Paul, how do I just keep tapping into the depth which was in me given to me from God, the Holy Spirit, He says, this deep connection then leads us to become children of God. Verse 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit reminds us who we belong to. The Holy Spirit reminds us that we are a part of a spiritual family connected to God. And it is an intimate connection. When you use the word Abba Father, it's talking about this God who is like a, just a dad, faithful, present, kind and warm. We're connected to him. We together are adopted into the family of God. Now, many of us just have a deep sense that we connect. Some of us have fantastic fathers who we can get this to measure against. But what the Christian church does is provide this sense that we have a heavenly father, we're a new spiritual family and the Holy Spirit uses this for others to have this deep connection to God. I'll just show you a picture here. This is what it looks like. Adopted into God's family where a perfect father is talked about and his great love is shared and the Holy Spirit works in such a way that the truths of this adoption into this family are made known. For those who don't have a regular family, this spiritual family is so important. And if we have a mission I believe this is the mission about sharing of this great love and this mission should override so many other things that we get involved in, which distract us. The Holy Spirit works in this way. And then, as it talks about here, the Spirit allows us to converse in such a deep, intimate way. In verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, spirit to spirit. This is the communing that we have with God. We connect in this way. In verse 17, it goes on and says this, And if children then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him, in order that we may also be glorified with him. Friends, the Holy Spirit reminds us, That we're going to have an inheritance, that we are heirs. And can you imagine that we are even co-heirs with Christ? Well, how much are we valued by God? And his Holy Spirit reminds us of this. And we have an inheritance. We'll rise up in glory. We might have to walk through a bit of stuff, yeah, but heck, God's going to be there. He's going to be there. And what is the inheritance that we might have? Well, the scripture says we inherit the kingdom. I don't think we get a full picture of that, but heck, I know it's going to be good. says, take a hold of the inheritance that we have, the kingdom of God breaking in, and the Holy Spirit reveals all of this to us. Amen? Enliven your walk today, friends. Invite the Holy Spirit in. Go on the adventure of faith. Take a few risks. Live free. See what God does with that as you claim all that the Holy Spirit reveals to you. Friends, the church was breathed into existence by a move of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift to all the church. It's not just located in one tradition or one style, it is always breathing across all the church, reforming, renewing, reviving. And I pray that once again, God's people will say, we are here, we are empty, fill us afresh, that we might be used by you and live for you in the adventure of faith that God's given us. Amen. Amen. Friends, this morning, we're going to have a moment where we can just rest in God's presence. And after that, we're going to have extended worship. Now, we've kind of brought that in because sometimes we just want to saturate ourselves a little bit more. Church, we feel like we had a drink, we're just going to drink some more. And this morning... You're welcome to stay on and just dwell in the presence of God here some more. But in this moment, as our team comes to lead us in worship, may you experience the person and the power and the promises of God for you, and the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you go, well, what is it that the Holy Spirit's going to do in me? Well, sometimes you just have to wait, slow it down. Don't try and tell God what to do. And us abide. And then the Holy Spirit, who knows you better than yourself, will come and minister to you and bring you freedom and life in His name. Let's stand together and sing.